This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, let's get this rock and rolling, Nick. How are you doing today? Bob, I'm hanging right in there. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, um, now are, are, you, are you are are you Corona free? I am Corona free. <laughs> yes, that makes two of us. Love it. That's perfect. This is a great jump board of what we're talking about today. What we can talk about today. Um, I mean, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe. Hope you're uh, healthy. Um, yeah, so just, far so good, my friend. Good. I'm glad. So right now we're we're in the midst of the podcast being around like weekly. Um, like, like we're pretty much almost up to date with the podcast. So I think it's also a good time to also talk about what's going on in the news. What you brought up, which is the coronavirus, um, and I think that the changes that the the pandemic has brought, and like your thoughts. Um, obviously, we're not like we're not we're physical therapists, but we're we're also like part of the health community. Um, and I, and I thought it would be something interesting to talk about. Absolutely, Bob. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of it started in different parts of the country that are more travel hubs with this starting overseas more um and you know whatever's kind of going on here really it's um we don't have it as bad as some places in the world so i think we have to keep that in context we don't have it as bad as um you know some areas in italy where you know it's sad and tragic to say this but basically what the italian system is saying is that they're overwhelmed they're overbooked um they're overburdened and they're telling some of their population who is 65 and older who is uh, elderly or having issues, basically who are having symptoms to say stay home and that, you know, we can't take care of you and that we have to take care of the younger population who has more chance of surviving. And I think any time that we as humans, regardless of what country you associate yourself with, find ourselves in that situation, it's an extreme tragedy. Yeah, it's, it's a tragedy. It's scary. Um, since we're on the topic of Italy, um, it's. I think there are like right now to today. There's like around twenty twenty thousand confirmed cases, um, like according to like the John Hopkins coronavirus um, database. And Bob, um, is that is that um, for Italy or is that worldwide? Uh, for Italy, just for Italy. Yeah. Wow. So, so the the John um, John Hopkins like they have a website. Um, for for like they they have like daily live trackers for people that um, have reported or confirmed cases of the coronavirus, um, and and Italy has been like very interesting just in general because about five weeks ago uh, there were only ten confirmed cases, and then a week later it shot up to a thousand, and another week later it shot up to ten thousand. Now we're at twenty thousand, so it's it's very. Um, I guess exponentially it's very the growth has been very high and then tragic for Italy, but also um most of the population at Italy or in Italy is like the elderly population. Um but but more so like I was curious, you're on the west coast of the US. I'm on the east coast and as a whole like the country has been like affected like US wise has been affected. Um I, I, I'm just curious to, to hear about, like, any changes that you're facing right now, like, during your residency, um, and anything that you're seeing 
difference-wise, yeah, day-to-day? Absolutely, Bob. So I'll tell you a little bit about kind of um, my knowledge out here in the Los Angeles area in California. And certainly, um, you know, take this with a slight grain of salt because there are likely updates going on that I'm not intimately familiar with. So I'm sure whatever I'm saying, as I'm speaking, it's outdated and it might be even more outdated by the time we publish this podcast. Um, so we've had all of the colleges um, shut down, have stopped. Um, we've had um, many of them have ended for the whole semester. Some of them have continued um, to have a extended spring break and to resume the rest of courses purely online. Um, and some have had, kind of had contingent programs where, hey, if things go really well by a temporary date of April 14th, then there could be some sign to say, hey, let's go ahead and let's return to classes again. But overall, we're really trying to keep people isolated, keep people separated. And, you know, I believe that it, it is for good reason that we're doing this, to, uh, to stay safe and to keep everybody um, by themselves. You know, going to grocery stores around here, um, you know, I went in for what would normally be a five-minute trip, got my stuff pretty quickly. But then even just waiting in line to um, cash out and everything, an extra 40 minutes in line, um, waiting back behind the aisles and everything. So oh, wow. there's certainly a uh, there's a good amount of panic for people around this area. And, it, you know, it reminds me, and I'm definitely nowhere near the first one to say this, Bob, and I'll be nowhere near the last one to say this. But the people who are freaking out the most are the people who are most susceptible. Not because there's anything inherently, quote-unquote, wrong with them or that's making them more susceptible, but the fact that all this added psychological stress raises cortisol levels, and that in its own can shut down and kind of shoot at our immune system and our natural capability of protecting ourselves. And so I think that with such a high density of a population like the Los Angeles area, um, you know, there's talk about are all public schools for elementary, middle, and high school going to be closed down. And if that happens, Bob, I mean, what do kids have? Most of them have parents, parents who are working, parents who kind of depend on uh, going to their jobs for their livelihood, for money. Some have more job security than others. And, you know, some parents have problems with their jobs anyway uh, than you throw having to pay expenses for daycares and if there are no daycares open for kids. Um, so there's going to be a huge, not only social burden, but economic burden that, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for giving support for the families, but I'm also an advocate for saying that, you know, we don't know all the answers and we don't know where in the future that money is going to come from. So there's going to be definitely some upheaval going on. It's a challenging time right now on the West Coast. Yeah. I, um, for uh, you, you mentioned like the attitudes, like um, people that are more successful, uh, susceptible or just to being sick in general or those that are, are more anxious in, in general. Um, what do you believe the attitude should be? Now, I, I know there's a saying, I, I don't know, I think it was like doctor, some doctor talked about how we should be, um, we should be alert, but not anxious. Um, that should be the, the attitude that we should have. But what do you, what mindset or what attitude do you believe would be the best for this situation right now? Since we are talking about mindset, that's, that's mostly this podcast. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Nick? Absolutely, Bob. Um, I'm going to stall for a minute, not stall because I don't have an answer. I have a lot of answers for that. 
but I'm more curious. What are your updates out in the East Coast area um, from your perspective? Then I'd love sharing my thoughts and hearing your own about kind of the mindset mentality behind this all. Yeah, I mean, um, so, so we – so I just finished my clinical. Um, that just finished last week, and then this week was spring break. Um, now – when the coronavirus now, now now this is this is the uh, pelvic floor Pilates clinical right yes correct and um, you you, pa- you passed that correct I, I survived I survived the- nice man nice <laughs> the little victories in life <laughs> so, yes but I I survived that uh, the last week was good um, there there were little things that I learned um, that I would take for a, a while so um, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, but during spring break, so this week, um, it was announced that the coronavirus was a pandemic, and then schools started shutting down. Um, and my school, Ithaca College, um, also is did one thing that you mentioned. So basically, our spring break got extended for another week, um, and then all of our classes are going to be online until April, April something, April 14th, April 11th, uh, one of those days one of those days and then we go back to campus in person. Um, so that's now, 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 Bob, I have a question for you because I've heard some details out here at West from um, some PT schools, like I said, have closed down completely. Some have said that, Hey, we're still going to do all of our lectures and everything online, but we're going to meet in person for lab courses, which to me seems a little counterintuitive for the sake of this. Um, what's, what's Ithaca's stance on that? Are we going full online? Are we, meeting for labs in person because, you know, it draws into question a lot of these programs like the uh, performing arts programs, the music, and the physical therapy athletic training that are very hands-on programs. Yeah, I actually never heard of I didn't. I didn't think that was a thing. Um, like schools or PT schools like going behind the actual schools back and doing the last courses. But um, so basically for, for what my school has is doing right now, they're still in discussion, so they're waiting for the official announcement from the APTA about like what the plan for like the world, the, the nationwide PT program, like what, yep. what the plan is for that. Then this, my school's board, it's because the college's um, directors for like the physical therapy program, they're going to meet on Monday and talk about moving forward, how they're going to transition to classes online and things like that. So, so we're still in the dark right now, uh, but uh, we should get an update sometime next week. So, Bob, Bob Chang is the glimmer of light, the glimmer of hope in the face of darkness. Well, I, I'm not, I'm really not that worried um, because, well, I mean, the world can, can end any moment, <laughs> but at the same time, if, if one school is affected, like the entire nation's school is, the, the entire nation's PT system is also affected. So um, somehow we're going to work together or the, the, the nation's going to work together to, to find a solution to like satisfy the, the demands of the students, the needs of the students. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I'm that, I'm not worried about my education right now as, as of this moment. So. I think you're going to turn out a okay, my friend. I think we all will. Yeah, I think so as well. No, U S no, go ahead, Bob. Don't let me interrupt. But well, yeah, like, especially with like, we're healthy, we're young. Um, we're active. We have a positive attitude on on like life in general and then the coronavirus in general. Um, I think we'll be fine. But yes, go ahead. I asked you about the the mindset we should be having in this pandemic. Absolutely. Um, you know, the phrase I'm going to use is uh, optimistic caution. 
And because I don't think, well, on one end, you know, I want to say, hey, be happy-go-lucky. Um, you know, you're, it, don't worry about things. Um, you know, the more stress that builds up, the more likely, more susceptible you are. The less sleep you get, the more susceptible you are. All those things are true statements. The healthier you keep your immune system, the better off you're going to be. The less that you're going around, you know, rubbing up against all kinds of people, in general, the less likely you're going to be to catch something. And really, for people of our age um, and our, um, what I'm going to consider a relatively good health, not making assumptions for anybody out there, um, getting good quality sleep, getting good nutrition, um, practicing mindfulness, even meditation, good ways of just being very present in your own life, we're at very, very little risk, to be honest. Um, really, the big risk is that we'd be transmitters of this virus and affect the older, the frailer, the more vulnerable parts of our population who are more stagnant, sedentary, um, people who are, for example, in nursing homes that, you know, we've talked about this over and over, that stagnicity breeds pathology that, you know, they'd just be a breeding ground for this virus to um, fester and in their already kind of core immune system and people who already have a lot of other health problems that affect things. You know, I worry for um, people who are cancer patients, for example, who are going through chemo doses that put them at extreme susceptibility for other infections and other issues. So I worry about that kind of population a lot. Um, so there's definitely a, a lot to think about with that, a lot to be mindful of, not so much the impact on our life specifically, but the impact that we will have on the lives around us is something important to consider. Now, kind of as, a, as I go throughout my daily life, you know, we, we're still open as a physical therapy clinic. We're still helping to treat people as I think that we we should be. Um, we should be helping people. Um, the gyms, gyms that I go to are still open, and we're still, you know, seeing a good number of people there. Um, but the issue is, you know, cleanliness, sanitary, um, and everything, and avoiding any kind of spread. For me, I still go, choose to go to the gym to work out. I still choose to go play basketball, or yes, I am touching other people. I still choose to practice the profession I love of physical therapy. So, in a way, I'm taking risks, but I think I'm actually taking less risks by doing the things I love, filling myself with passion, and not just sitting around home. One of the worst things you can do for yourself is just sit around to do nothing, to wait, to not have a simple kind of exercise level. The healthier your overall body is, your overall system is, the less, the more likely your body is to go throughout healing, the more likely you are to um, help cure diseases um, in your own system. And, you know, another way this has affected me is we were supposed to have a weekend residency course this weekend, and that actually got postponed, um, which I was surprised about kind of last minute the night before. We all got oh, really? an email. The night yeah. before? The night before, okay. saying huh. saying that it was um, postponed. Um, you know, nobody was necessarily sick or infected or anything, but we really wanted to make sure that it stayed that way. Um, we really wanted to make sure that it stayed that way. Um, and so I have mixed feelings about that. You know, um, I'm all a fan of not spreading this virus further, obviously. Um but it was kind of disappointing not being able to have that course with a great group of residents, a great group of instructors and everything. Um, but I think that's something we have to take with a grain of salt to try and better understand over time. So I kind of had uh, ended up having some more free days then 
what I'm used to around here, Bob. Okay. Wow, that, that's interesting. Well, I, I remember last week you talked about how you were excited, you were pumped up, and and it sounds like a bummer that um, that the course was postponed. Now, now obviously, like it's it's also about safety for for everybody, if if uh, just to prevent um, the spread of the virus. Um, we, we talked about how we should be stay active. We should have a positive mindset. But but if you're sick, or if you are have show signs of symptoms, you should like listen to the the CDC um, and, and stay home and be quarantined and wash your hands and do all those things that that are recommended. Like sing sing the ABCs while you wash your hands and soak with hot water. Um, all those all those things that um, that are obvious, but but can help in the long run. Um, Absolutely, yeah, and it's, um, you know, I'm saying not stress, but do the things that are preventative in nature to help your system overall. And like we said, we want to reduce any risk as far as we possibly can um, because it's just, end of the day, it's just simply not worth it. Yeah. Um, well, one thing for sure is that after this, this whole pandemic is over, um, everybody will have better hygiene. They'll wash their hands better, um, and people will get less sick. Hopefully. Um, another thing I also want to mention is that um, for we, – we talked about things like exposing yourselves to risk or you taking risk, but you're also putting yourself at less risk for doing things that, that decrease stress, um, that help you find fulfillment even in the times of, of, of a stressful environment, a, a pandemic. Um, I, I think another stressing thing that – really impacts people a lot is, is just watching the news um, constantly, like think like constantly thinking about the coronavirus or constantly thinking about um, this, this thing as a whole. Now there was this Instagram post. Now I don't know how, like how trustworthy this is, but um, two weeks ago it came out saying that um, the Ebola, do you remember the Ebola scare back a while yes, ago? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, for Ebola, um, the numbers of times Ebola was mentioned in the news when that was going on, when the, that scare was going on, was around 30 million. So 30 million mentions in the news. Yep. But for the coronavirus, it's been 1.1 billion times that have been mentioned. Yeah, um, and that's in a much shorter span of time. Yes, and it's been constant, like over and over and over, and scaring people to, to buy all the toilet papers from the store um, to, to just buy out all the water. Um, and again, we, we want to be, I guess, alert, but also not in like a panic mode. Um, that, that's just my opinion. Again, that is also what I think the CDC recommends. Um, just, just being cautious. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Bob. And, you know, um, we, we look in physical therapy, um, and in all of healthcare in general, in our, our mental health too, we look at, you know, what's a, a primary issue at hand and then what are the secondary patterns that occur? A primary issue might be, hey, you have um, some hip pain. Well, the secondary issue might be you don't do much to address it for two and a half months and you start having these, what we call compensation patterns and you start limping a certain way and that affects other tissues throughout the body far more than just the hip. You start having some knee pain on the opposite side of your leg. Um, you start to have some kind of um, maybe some chest, low back tightness, and, you know, you're certainly less active than you used to be. Those are secondary issues. Those secondary issues are factors and influences, influences that we can control. 
and we can control those while we do address the primary issues. The point I'm trying to bring up is the coronavirus is the primary issue right here. Hands down, no doubt about that. Um, and we are working to do, well, I, I want to say we're doing the best we can to work on that. I don't know if I truly believe that we as a country are doing the best we can, but either way, we're putting an effort forward and we need to keep doing more. What I'm not confident about is that we're preventing the secondary issues. The secondary issues, just because we have physical isolation in an already isolated environment, you know, we, we're continuing to emotionally separate ourselves from others. We're continuing to um, go down pathways and trends of anxiety and fear. So this coronavirus and the isolation is not an opportunity that we ask for, and we never would ask for it. But my question is, because we are given this opportunity, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to do things to make ourselves better in the future? Are we going to use this, um, for example, this extra time that we might have with family, friends, and loved ones? Are we going to use that to actually be with them? Are we going to, because again, just because we're making ourselves better as people, that doesn't mean that I'm saying, go focus on your online business, do all your stuff. Yeah, that's great. That's important. Yeah, I think it's, you know, after this, whatever, how long this lasts for, I think that there will always be, I think that there will always be a change. There will always be a need to have businesses be online in some way, shape, or form. Because I don't think we can ever turn around from that. I think that people will be more susceptible. So are you taking this opportunity to build things online, um, to have more options for people? But I also think that we need to be very cautious of and careful of, as there continues to be inevitable change around us in whatever shape and form, are we doing what we need to do, Bob, to evolve and respond? If I'm wrong, but it sounds like um, taking this taking this like terrible situation and then looking at different points or like looking at different viewpoints and then taking it as an opportunity to, to do things that you wouldn't be able to do. For example, um, you mentioned staying home and you're quarantined, but that also means you get to spend more time with your, with your family that you wouldn't have if you were out just working every day, you, you just, with your days. Is that what you're talking about? Just taking the, just shifting that perspective. Absolutely, Bob. It, it's both in terms of how can you live the present moment and not be wishing that you were in the past, and how can you, you know, put all your focus energy into the good things around you and the silver linings. But then also something I believe in a lot that I think you do too um, about being more resilient and how can you use this current time as an opportunity kind of bulletproof yourself and what you do just a little bit more in life. Yeah. I, I like that, that mentality. That, that is a, so, so basically what I'm hearing, the two things, the two like concrete mentality shifts from this coronavirus is one is, is changing that, that perspective, looking at, looking at the coronavirus from a different lens. If you're staying at home um, with your family, instead of freaking out and looking at the news every five minutes about the coronavirus, close the news, take some time and, and be with your family, being present there. And also the second thing, the second shift would be um, view it as like a test of resilience, a test of, oh, th there are things that are going to happen like this in the future and things that 
maybe global, maybe not global may just affect me as, as a self, like just as one person. Um, and it allows me to build that, like getting hit in the face muscle um, and allows to, uh, I guess, just grow. Yeah, I'd say like grow and, and um, build that resilience. Would you agree, Nick, or do you want to add anything to that? No, I would, I would completely agree with that, Bob. It's about both the resilience and about using these moments as lessons learned for the future and to prepare yourself better. Completely um, agree. Now, Bob, I kind of, you know, I went off on some rants for a while talking about um, my influence with the mentality, what I what I think about, what I try and live my life by in, in times like these. Um, and I say times like these because, yes, it is, it is different, but in a way it's not so much different. It's um, I think the biggest difference is now is that um, our stressors become so much more apparent because previously our stressors used to be um, so different from each other. Our stresses used to be isolated. I'd have my stress, you'd have your stress, you know, um, Mr. Jones down the road would have his stress from different life situations um, and many different aspects of our life. The only thing that's different here is that this stress that many people have is from one united common cause. And so it's all about how do we respond to that effectively while still keeping that, like, I'm going to use, like, spy or secret agent kind of mentality where you still get things done. You still do what you need to do. But there's not all this mental exhausting stress about it. You just, you know your mission, you execute, and you do the best you can with it. Well, I I, I like that. Like, everybody has, like, before the coronavirus, before, like, a, a pandemic where, like, everybody's affected by these stressors, like, everybody oh, had yeah. their, their own individual stressors, right? Like, like still had, we said, still had compromised immune systems. We still have lack of sleep. Now it's just so much more on the forefront because everybody's talking about it that we have to prioritize it. Yeah, well, well, even besides just, like, the physical, there's also, like, the mental stresses, like, emotional stresses, like, things that you can't see. But then this one is affecting everybody in that, like, it, it's something you can see. So, so that's, I think that that's interesting that, that you bring it up um, because, like I said, like, more, like, everybody is experiencing it now rather than just one person. I don't know if I'm, I'm losing myself or anything like that. but yeah. No, you're good, Bob. You're good, Bob. So, Bob, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything, because, again, we're two different people, different opinions um, coming in here although with kind of quote-unquote the same stress, a similar life experience, do you have anything that you disagree with me or that you would say differently or that you want to add to contribute to that part of it about what's important to hold on to a mindset in this time of certain trials? Well, no, I, I completely agree with, with what we all talk, what we just talked about. Um, st- staying at home and then being worried is, is just, I, I personally feel like it's counterproductive. Um, sure, you should be alert. Again, you should be alert. You should be wary of, of symptoms. If you have symptoms, don't go outside, wash your hands, doing things like that. But also, if you go too of an extreme, which which, which that's what it seems like most people are doing right now, um, it, it, it's counterproductive. It's, it doesn't, it's not helping, rather it's hurting the, the situation as a whole. It's not like the coronavirus, like, I, I feel like what we talked about just now, like how there's a secondary part that came out of the coronavirus, um, the secondary part of like the stressing, the, the panic. I feel like that's that itself is bigger than the coronavirus, um, even though 
again, like the coronavirus is very serious. Um, it is something that. I'm sorry. We're good. Oh yeah, but but it is something that like we should um, be be wary of. Does that make sense? Absolutely, I agree, Bob. So yeah, that's I I, I like I like what the conclusion we got to. Um, or like we we got to the to two good like mindset things for the coronavirus in this situation, um, and I feel like a lot of people can can take away from those two just just having those those two thoughts of just having that perspective and that thought of resilience um, and just being self aware of of the coronavirus in general. Absolutely, and you know, in I want to share one more tidbit, Bob. Um, I got an email a few minutes ago as we were speaking come through um, from an actual a physical therapy patient of mine I'm seeing. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase um, some of the email from this person and leave out, you know, uh, specific details. Basically, they go on to say, Nick, I hope you're doing well, enjoying the weekend the best you can, not trying to ghost on you, but I'm planning on staying home, self-isolating myself to be safe, even though they're feeling fine. They just don't feel comfortable going out right now, but they plan to return to PT um, with me once things get better. In the meantime, they're continuing their exercises, they're continuing their things, and then they go into explaining what they're doing. Um, they're asking if I have any other suggestions for progressions for them. Uh, then they go on to say, thank you for everything you've done for me. It's been a tremendous difference in my quality of life. And the message I want to give out about this First of all, is a message of gratitude for this person and many other, you know, my patients or clients or people I've worked with reaching out to me as well. Um, but a part of the message that I want to give out is in this time of physical isolation and even, um, you know, tempted social isolation in a way where we're not used to kind of bumping into people we bump into naturally as often with a lot of people away from college campuses and that kind of thing. Let's still use our time effectively and let's still reach out to those we love. Let's still reach out to those we care about. Let's reach out to kind of our quote unquote, our people, the people that have made a difference in our lives that we want to continue to make a difference in their lives. Wow. That, wow. I think that statement there just just wants to make me go and reach out to people after this podcast and then just share, share a piece of, um, gratefulness um because that that is important that is important i love it bob hey this has been a great conversation let's wrap up with some of the accountability that we talked about from last week even though after going through this whole talk it seems kind of unrelated now but let's still bring it to the forefront because just like this talk has been a priority there are many good priorities in our lives yeah so so last week i talked about putting up um, so basically, I had a lead magnet for um, sciatica for acupuncture. Um, my goal for last week was to put up Facebook ads, spend twenty dollars, um, and to see how it goes, see if there's any opt-ins. Now, unsurprisingly, um, business has been actually very slow um, because of of the fears from the coronavirus uh, many of my friend uh, many of my mom's colleagues who own other acupuncture practices have actually shut down because the workers are afraid to to ride the subway um to go to work so so they have to to shut down because they're short in staff um patients haven't been coming in as much as frequently either um because of 
the, the whole situation, the whole pandemic, um, which is understandable. So I put up the Facebook ad. Um, I put it up twice, and both of the times they got denied. And I put it up a third time, finally got approved. Um, but so far, there have been no clicks um, within the, this ad. So that is where I'm at right now. Okay, and like you said, it's kind of a uh, interesting time where you know a lot of the advertisements I've kind of seen passively they've uh, they've been different. You know, they've been um, kind of in response to some of these issues going around. And like you said, if they got denied twice, then came back after that, it would be hard to hard to foresee that happening. Um, but Bob, good job, kind of following your gut, paying attention to um, really, you know, staying committed to the process. Yeah, I mean, I so I'm curious about. Um, so you're working on Evolution right now, Evolution, right? Yes. So how has been? You mentioned one patient um, decided to, to just step away but come back after this whole thing's over. How has been the clientele or, or the load, or the patient's load, um, where you're at right now? Yeah, I think good question, Bob. I think overall, the evolution has been pretty manageable. We still had, you know, I'd probably say we've had 10% of people say that they um, kind of want to step away um, temporarily. They want to, you know, they're worried about other aspects of their health and everything that they want to take care of. Now, certainly, we're not a quote-unquote average outpatient orthopedic clinic. We're a little bit more sports-focused. Um, we have, you know, we certainly treat older people, I think the oldest age I've treating right now at that clinic, not at Kaiser, is 74. Um, and again, they're an avid athletic skier for that person. Um, but, you know, it's um, there, there's a different spectrum. It's a slightly different population where um, they are themselves a little bit less susceptible to it. But even among that population, when they say, hey, I still want to come in, still want to get the care, um, we're taking significant precautions along the way. Okay. Wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Because, because I was curious, um, just just patient wise, because um, especially at where where I'm at right now, like the 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 patient load at my mom's clinic has been lower um, because of the because of coronavirus. So I was just curious, see see what your thoughts are um, about, or just just what the caseload for where you're at right now is. But thank you for sharing. Um, accountability next wise, next week wise, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do accountability wise next week. Um I am going up to Massachusetts just um to visit some friends. Now that's again that's counterproductive to, to the coronavirus, but again it's about that finding that fulfillment and taking those risks. But having Absolutely and, and hey if friends. you get the if you get the opportunity to see some great people around you, I respect it, man. Yes. So I um I, I don't know what the plan or what I should do next week for accountability wise. Um, so if you don't if you don't know what to do, Bob, in general, Mike, what's the next question? What's the next What's the next step? Well, you gotta plan, and then do it, and then adjust based on what happened. You gotta You gotta ask yourself some questions. You gotta ask yourself about what your priorities are. Um, so I'm curious for you going into finishing up your school year coming up. Um, you know, you're 
student physical therapy career, even though it might be a little bit different for these next two months before your final final clinical, what's your intention? What have you set for yourself to say, hey, I want to make sure I get this out of that experience? So I'm definitely, so, so we talked about residencies last week. That was our last episode that we talked about. Um, I 100% want to do a residency. I 100% want to um, want to apply a residency, a residency and get into one. Um, so that's my my plan for school wise for the next two months, um, and also to just to pass just to pass exams, but also or pass the boards. Um, but school wise, ambition wise for my education, that's that's where that is. Okay, I'm gonna throw out an idea, and you let me know what you think of it. Okay. A temporary idea for accountability, and this is somebody who I did extensive research on a bunch of residencies and everything, so I kind of know a lot of the time it takes and everything. Um, I'd like you to look through, because I'm assuming that all the residencies you're interested in are orthopedic, correct? Yes. Okay. Look through the orthopedic residencies um, through APTA. And I'm not saying that you have to look through every single one and narrow it down to your absolute top choices, but I want you to look at three residency programs and find out kind of information on their course curriculum, their tuition, how long it lasts for, um, some baseline information like that, your contact go-to person in that for three programs that you could see yourself really doing. It doesn't mean it has to be everything, fulfill every single dream in the world, but three different residency programs that you would feel good about applying to and considering as an option. Okay. Um, I I personally feel like I already done that already. Um, okay. So can I ask you, I, I guess, since we're on this topic, what, what would be the next step after that, other than just writing essays and and yeah. um, which now, which clinics are those, Bob? Which residency? So, uh, well, one of them is uh, the Penzi residency. Then another one is Evidence in Motion, um, and then there's another one that's a, so all of these are part time. And then the last one is the, the University of Seattle um residency. So all of these are part time residencies that are distant learnings. Um, yes. Great. Um, which ones, I know you've been in contact on and off a little bit with the um, McKenzie residency program, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Have you been in contact with any of the others? I have not, no. Okay. I think that's the next step is to reach out through email um, or through whatever medium you can connect with the other two and introduce yourself saying that you have an interest in them in the future. Um, and just initiating the contact with the other two. Okay, I got it. That's a great accountability piece for next week. And then also I'll come up with something business-wise because that is something that I want to continue, um, just brainstorming, um, along with reaching out to these two residencies. I love it, Bob. I'm curious and uh, excited to hear your updates as you move forward. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate the talk. This was a great talk once again. All right, my friend. Be well, everybody out there. Stay corona-free. It's not always about when a corona gets its wine. Let's have fun out there. Let's have this uh, good social enriching experience. And let's not forget in these moments of crisis, however we perceive the crisis.
that we're made to live in a fullness of our lives and connect and share with each other. Perfect. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.